sort of regarded this spot as my own private fish hole. I hadn't even shared it with my best friend, Avery Garrett. Avery wasn't much proficient anyway, so he didn't miss the information. Today, I never even thought to stop to grab my pole. I was that keen on getting off alone. Even before I finally sat down on my log, I had rolled my overall legs up to near my knees and let my feet slip into the cool, quick water. I pushed my feet down deep, stretching my toes through the thin layer of coarse sand so I could wiggle them around in the mud beneath. Too late I saw that my overalls hadn't been rolled up high enough and were soaking up creek water. I pulled at them, but being wet, they didn't slide up too well. I'd get spoken to about that unless the sun got the drying job done before I got home. I sat there, wiggling my toes, and trying to decide just what angle to come at my problems from. Seemed to me that everything had gone along just great until yesterday. Yesterday had started out okay, too. Grandpa needed to go to town, and he called to me right after I'd finished my chores. Boy? He most always called me boy rather than Joshua, or even Josh, like other folks did. Boy, you be caring for a trip to town with me? I didn't even answer, just grinned, because I knew that Grandpa already knew the answer anyway. I went to town every chance I got. Be ready in ten minutes, Grandpa said, and went out for the team. Wasn't much work to get ready. I washed my face and hands again, slicked down my hair, and checked my overalls for dirt. They looked all right to me, so I scampered for the barn, hoping to get in on the hitching up of the horses. The trip to town was quiet. Grandpa and I both enjoyed silence. Besides, there really wasn't that much that needed saying, and why talk just to make a sound? Grandpa broke the quiet spell. Getting a little dry. I looked at the ditches and could see brown spots where shortly before everything had been green and growing. I nodded. We went on into town, and Grandpa stopped the team at the front of Kirk's general store. I hopped down and hitched the team to the rail while Grandpa sort of gathered himself together for what needed to be done. Soon we were inside the store, and after exchanging howdies and small town talk with Mr. Kirk and some customers, Grandpa and I set about our business. Grandpa's was easy enough. He was to purchase the supplies needed back at the farm. I had a tougher job. Before I'd left, Uncle Charlie had, as usual, slipped me a nickel on the sly. Now I had to decide how to spend it. I moved along the counter to get a better look at what Mr. Kirk had to offer. Mrs. Kirk was toward the back talking to someone over the telephone. Only a few folks in town had telephones. I never could get used to watching someone talking into a box. She finally quit and walked over to me. Morning, Daniel. Nice day again, isn't it? Fear it's gonna be a bit hot afore it's over, though. Without even waiting for a reply, she said to Grandpa, Wanted to be sure that you got this letter that came for you. Mrs. Kirk ran our local post office from a back corner of the general store. She was a pleasant woman, and her concern for people was just that, concern, rather than idle curiosity. Grandpa took the letter, his face lighting up as he did so. We didn't get much mail out our way. From a pa, he volunteered given Mrs. Kirk his rather lopsided grin. Thank you, ma'am. He stuffed the letter into his shirt pocket. 
I forgot about the letter and went back to the business of spending my nickel. It seemed it was next to no time, when Grandpa was gathering his purchases and asking me if I was about ready to go. I still hadn't made up my mind. I finally settled on a chocolate ice cream cone, then went to help Grandpa with the packages. I wasn't much good to him, having one hand occupied, but I did the best I could. He backed the team out and we headed for home, me making every lick count. That ice cream plum disappears in summer weather. When we were clear of town, Grandpa handed the reins to me. I'm kind of anxious to see what my pa be saying, he explained as he pulled the letter from his shirt pocket. He read in silence, and I stole a glance at him now and then. I wanted to find out how a letter written just to you would make a body feel. This one didn't seem to be pleasing my Grandpa much. Finally, he folded it slowly and tucked it into the envelope, then turned to me. Your great-granny just passed away, boy. Funny that at that moment he connected her with me instead of himself. He reached for the reins again in an absent-minded way. If he'd really been thinking, he would have let me keep driving. He most often did on the way back from town. I watched him out of the corner of my eye. I was sorry to hear about Great Granny, but I couldn't claim to sorrow. I'd never met her, and had heard very little about her. Suddenly it hit me that it was different for Grandpa. That faraway old lady who had just died was his ma. I felt a lump come up in my throat then. A kind of feeling for Grandpa, but I didn't know how to tell him how I felt. Grandpa was deep in thought. He didn't even seem to be aware of the reins that lay slack in his hands. I was sure that I could have reached over and taken them back, and he never would have noticed. I didn't, though. I just sat there quiet-like and let the thoughts go through his mind. I could imagine right then that Grandpa was remembering Great Granny as he had seen her last. Many times he'd told me that when he was fifteen, he'd decided that he wanted to get away from the city. So he had packed up the few things that were rightly his, bid goodbye to his folks, and struck out for the West. Great Granny had cried as she watched him go, but she hadn't tried to stop him. Grandpa had been west for many years, had a farm, a wife, and a family, when he invited Uncle Charlie, his older and only brother, to join him. Uncle Charlie was a bachelor, and Grandpa needed the extra hands for the crops and haying. Uncle Charlie had been only too glad to leave his job as a hardware store clerk and travel west to join Grandpa. Every year or so, the two of them would sit and talk about hopping a train and paying a visit back home, but they never did get around to doing it. Now great-granny was gone, and great-grandpa was left on his own, an old man. I wondered what other thoughts were scurrying through my grandpa's mind. A movement beside me made me lift my head. Grandpa reached over and placed his hand on my knee. I was surprised to see tears in his eyes. His voice was a bit husky as he spoke. Boy, he said, you and me have another thing in common now, the herd of having no ma. He gave my knee a squeeze. As the words that he'd just said sank in, I swallowed hard. He started talking then. I'd rarely heard my grandpa talk so much at one time unless it was a neighbor visit or a discussion with Uncle Charlie. Funny how many memories come stealing back fresh as if they'd just happened. Haven't thought on them for years, but they're still there for just such a time. 
He was silent a moment, deep in thought. Your great-granny weren't much of a woman far as size goes, but what she lacked in stature she made up for in spunk. He chuckled. It seemed strange to hear him laugh and see tears laying on his tanned and weathered cheeks. I was about five at the time. There was an old tree in a vacant lot near our house, and it was my favorite climbing tree. I was up there living in my own world to make-believe when the neighborhood dogs came around and started playing around the tree. I didn't pay him any mind until I was hot and thirsty and decided I'd had enough play. I started to crawl down, but a big black mud I'd never seen before spotted me and wouldn't let me out of that tree. I yelled and bawled until I was hoarse, but I was too far away to be heard at the house. Mama, when that one word slipped out so easily, I knew that Grandpa was truly back reliving the boyhood experience again. She waited my dinner for me and fussed that I was late again. But as time went on and I still didn't come, her worry drove her out looking for me. When she caught sight of the tree, she spied the mutt standing guard at that tree and figured out just what was going on. She grabbed a baseball bat lying in the neighbor's yard and came a-marching down. I can see her yet. That little bit of a woman with her club fairly blazing, she was so mad. Well, that mutt soon learned that he was no match for my mama. Never did see that dog again. Grandpa chuckled again. Funny, how a woman can be bold as an army when there's a need for it, and yet so gentle. Your great-granny was one of the kindest, gentlest people I ever knew. Just the touch of her hand brushed the fever from you, and when she gathered you up into her arms in her old rocking chair after she'd washed you all up for bed and held you close against her and rocked back and forth, humming an old hymn and kissing your hair.